Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day there, guys. Marky here, and welcome to r slash malicious compliance. Let's get into it. Demand we have a meeting for this? Okay. So I once had a project manager named Shirley and a co-worker named Alex. I was a computer programmer. Every morning, we, along with a half a dozen other people, had a five minute long meeting to discuss our progress and give people a chance to ask each other stuff. The boss was away on a two week vacation and while he was away, the meetings were slightly more important so we could coordinate ourselves without him to do it. Right before the meeting, I had come to a roadblock because I couldn't remember what something in the programming was called. I just needed an actual word and I could continue, and I knew Alex would know it. At the meeting, Alex did his thing. A few other people talked, and then it was my turn. I explained what I had done yesterday and what I was working on and said, hey, Alex, do you remember? And at this point, Shirley interrupted and threw a screaming fit at me. How dare I try to have a discussion with someone without her? I pointed out that she was standing right there, and she demanded to know how dare I try to talk to someone without it being a scheduled meeting in the conference room in her presence. I pointed out that this was a scheduled meeting. We were in the conference room, and we were in her presence. How dare I presume to ask anyone anything without notifying her in advance that I would be doing so. I tried to explain that it was only a very brief question and she flipped out that how dare I talk back to her about this. So having gotten an idea, I asked when we could have this meeting. She said 3 p.m. I knew damned well she had nothing to do before then. She just wanted to have something that she could feel smug about. It was 9.34 a.m. at the time, and she ordered that I was not to discuss it with anyone before the meeting, and I was not to proceed on the task without it, or I'd just be proving that it wasn't actually important, and I wasn't wasting anyone's time. The meeting ended, and we left. Alex worked about 10 feet away from me, so I could have just walked over and asked him, but I didn't. He sent me an instant message to know if I wanted to ask him whatever while she couldn't hear, and I replied that no. She wanted to be rude about it, so she could reap the rewards of her actions. Alex and I had lunch every day, but I declined to talk about it. He knew I was up to something. At 3pm, he and I went into the conference room. 10 minutes later, she swanned in, closed the door, sat down, opened her notebook, uncapped her pen, wrote down the date and time and who was there, and then told me I was now authorized to proceed. So I said, Hey Alex, do you remember last week when we did task? You used that thingy that did thing? What was it called? And then he told me, and I said great, thanks. And he and I both turned to leave. It had taken all of about 20 seconds. Shirley flew into a rage. I was deliberately making a mockery of her by scheduling a meeting for something that would take 20 seconds. As I left the room, I said, Shirley, I warned you that this was a one minute exchange, but you insisted on a meeting. She didn't speak to me for the rest of the day. 
I made sure my timesheet reflected that I spent 9.35 to 3 p.m. doing nothing slash waiting for Shirley. A day or two later, she flew into a rage at me again, and the entire staff was so enraged, they told me they were quitting and asked me to join them. I asked them to wait a couple days, called my boss, and told him, and on the next business day, I found he had returned early from his vacation and fired her. And now on to the update slash random factoid. Over a year later, Alex and I both moved on to another company, the same one. When we arrived, we found that Shirley was already there. We both went to the boss and told him that under no circumstances were either of us willing to have a meeting with her without him. He told us she was already not in good favor, but he would make sure not to allow it to happen. Actually, he went to the CEO and told him that under no circumstances would anyone from the department meet with her ever. I saw her power walk around the corner to meet with someone down the hall, see me, turn around, and power walk back the other direction. She walked the long way around the office to come out on the other end of the hallway so she could go into her meeting without passing me. She took the long way every day for a few weeks, and then came the day that she threw a screaming fit that could be heard across the office, stormed out, and was never seen again. The secretary, knowing that I had worked with her before, asked me if I knew what her home address was so that she could mail her things from her office, which she hadn't bothered to take to her home. I didn't, and suggested that he ask HR. He couldn't be bothered. I think she had pissed him off too, and a year later, they were still in a box, ready to be sent to her. I think they got thrown out. And now for a few comments. Oh mate, surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> and OP replies, yeah, I used to use that line a fair bit until I met her. These days, I feel like I can't. It just brings back bad memories. Goodness, that's straight up toxic of her, good riddance. And great compliance on your part. If she hadn't gotten fired, you could have milked this kind of interaction for a little while. And OP replies, yeah. The thing is, I think she thought that I would think that I had to do as she said, or she'd get me fired. She didn't realize that I realized that she wasn't my boss, she was my peer, and I knew that I could get her fired at any time for talking to me like that with a simple call to HR. So I was just gonna bat her around like a cat toy until I was bored with her and had been doing so for a while. That week, she just pushed it far enough that the staff was going to all quit to get away from her. I didn't feel like quitting or being the only one remaining, so I pulled the switch to get rid of her. Our next post is titled, You wanna make my job harder by doing yours incorrectly? I'll make yours harder by doing mine correctly. So I unload oil trains at a refinery. Union Pacific is the railroad that delivers our oil trains to us. Our rail yard have pipe valves, hoses, and drip pans at every spot. Each one of those a rail car's length apart. Union Pacific is supposed to line the tank cars up correctly so they match the pipe valves and drip pans. They didn't this morning. They spotted one of our trains so inaccurately that I had to drag the drip pans 100 miles from beneath the wheel trucks to beneath the center of the rail car. But if the drip pans were that far off, that means the pipe valves were too. They were so inaccurate that the hoses wouldn't reach. So I had to haul three spare hoses all the way from the storage closet to the far end of the tracks. That took 45 minutes. Now, to the malicious compliance. FRA, the Federal Railroad Administration, law, requires that we set the handbrakes on every rail car. 
but we don't. Union Pacific puts the handbrakes on the first and last, and we just leave them like that because we are relatively lax over here. And I was told that they hate having to undo every single handbrake. I think you can already guess what I did. I mean, I'm supposed to, right? And now for some comments. Always follow federal law even if it inconveniences someone. Especially if it inconveniences someone. Especially federal law related to railroad regulations. There is a very high probability that this regulation is in place because someone died or was permanently maimed. In my trades class, we are taught each OH&S regulation is written in blood. Literally, someone's blood made each particular piece of the legislation necessary. Don't repeat a lesson learned. Crap, that's a morbid way to think about it. School bus driver here. At the start of every shift, I do a complete pre-trip inspection, including a full brake system check, and nobody tells me I take too long. Lazy drivers get called out and told. Lock the damn brakes, damn it. Our next post is titled, You're not leaving until the stack is empty. So this is a simple one, but I'll set the scene. I was 16, this was my first job. I worked in a fast food chain that sold pizza that portrayed itself as being housed in a shitty hut. I was constantly on pot wash. This involved stacking dishes onto tray, rinsing them, and sliding them into a machine that was like a super quick dishwasher. So basically, 100 pans, dishes, plates thrown into a pot wash machine every two minutes, and repeat for eight to 12 hours. The rate at which people eat, it's difficult to keep up with dishes from the restaurant and pans from kitchen. Some pot wash champion will probs tell you it's easy, but it's a no from me. Anyways, I worked with bullies, and I was 16 and new to the world of work. I was told that I couldn't leave until the pans of this stack were empty. Despite my shift ending in 10 minutes and realizing full well I wasn't gonna get overtime. The sentence implied I was to wash them, but I also still had dishes from the restaurant. With a mountainous amount of plates and no willingness to help my colleagues in any way, shape or form given their attitudes towards me. My interpretation was this. I will remove all the pans from the stack and place them on the floor. The stack was now empty for me to leave. I never came back. I'm sure I wasn't a loss for them. They certainly weren't a loss for me. And since then, there has been a lot of comments and views that I must add. Small pots for dips and sauce are the worst. No one finishes their sauces, and washing them was my least favorite thing to do ever. Yeah, everyone looks down on the dishwashers, but they are the engine of the kitchen. No clean dishes means cooks can't make food and customers can't eat. It is an extremely difficult job to master. You have to move quickly, manage several tasks at once, load machine, unload, pick up cookware from the line, put clean dishes away, and probably organize your dish window for faster loading. All while getting slimy with food, steamed by the machine, walking in a puddle, and handling hot dishes. It should be required for managers to learn all kitchen positions before being promoted. Hopefully they'd learn some damn respect. I've been a dishwasher for damn near 10 years now, so you could say I'm an old hat at this. If it was me, I would have swept that stack onto the floor with the loudest frickin' crash ever, while staring that dick in the effing face to boot. Dishwashing is never easy, and you are well within your right to walk out from that shit show. And OP replies, Well, this makes me feel good about my decision. Honestly, the glee that people get from putting more plates in front of you is sickeningly depressing. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Our next post is titled, You need me to make a new batch of fries? Sure thing, I'll get right on that. So our fast food restaurant closes at midnight on Sundays, and at around 11.15pm, we start transitioning to close and to get ready for the delivery that we get every Sunday. There is a process here where we play a game of how many fries do we think we're going to sell in the last 45 minutes. And we put bags of them up front because we know the delivery takes the last hour of our shift like clockwork and we can't access the big boxes of french fries due to a line of boxes and dollies and counting items and etc. Plus, our manager specifically says not to go in the walk-in during the delivery, not that we could anyway tonight. So I'm usually pretty good at guessing, and we had a car pull up who needed fries by two large. So I dropped four large, half a bag in the last half we had up front, just in case another car pulls out. It did. That second car pulls up and says, Hi, I'd like a Bamberger, large with fries, and I need those fries fresh. I was dumb enough to mention, well, today's your lucky day because I just dropped some fries right now. His increasingly pleasant response or response is, I don't care about those fries, yo. You better make me some new fries, fresh. Don't give me those fries, make some new ones. Enter malicious compliance. Enter another entry into the asshole chronicles. Now, I could have just as easily given him the fries I just dropped because they take around three minutes to cook, so he was pulling up just as they were finished. But he clearly said he didn't want those fries. So what's a cook to do? Do I lie and say these are not the fries that they thought they were? RIP Dennis Green. So, you know, I just tell him it's gonna be a while on the new fries. He waits. I clean the frosty machine, a six minute job, though I am quick and thorough, right in front of the window, and waits. He honks. I apologize sincerely, and explain that the fries are inaccessible until the delivery driver can get everything moved, shouldn't be that much longer, then we can drop them, maybe 10 minutes, and waits. So I stock the nugget sauces, being mindful that I'm being watched like a hawk, so I pretend to look off in the middle distance of our restaurant, like there's something going on there. He waits some more. Finally, co-worker runs up, literally in his slip non-resistant shoes with the box, and we toss them into the fry bin. All of a sudden, he honks more emphatically now, and I come to the window to hear him yelling, what, they're frozen? I wanted fresh. 
he screams off into the night, no food in sight. But alas, read him his rights. Officer Pay It Forward drives in for his usual. He then stops Captain Fresh Fries, gives the fry guy a ticket for aggressive driving, which is a big no-no and a huge fine in Arizona, and comes into the line to get his freshly made fries. I know this because the officer is a regular to our drive-through and always pays for the person behind him. Like, always. I guess we should call him Officer Pay It Backward. Honestly, who goes to a fast food drive-through and expects their fries to not be frozen prior to being fried? And for those of you saying In-N-Out, we don't have those on the US East Coast, and for those of you saying Five Guys, I have never seen a drive-through Five Guys, though they probably exist. What's funnier is, most of the best french fry recipes in the world involve freezing them before the last fry. The lack of humidity in the freezer draws the extra moisture out of the fries, and you wind up with wonderful fries that are crunchy on the outside and silky on the inside. Alright, and that's all I've got for you today, guys. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're new here, smack the subscribe button, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.